Welcome to the Fantasy Football CU Podcast. This is Andrew with you here today. This week we're going to go over the week 8 slate of the fantasy football season. Also discuss that Thursday night football game, um, things that happened against the Buccaneers and the Bills. But first, before we get into any of that, as we always have to do, let's start with the Word of God. And today we're going to read Romans chapter 8, verse 18. And it says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. This life is hard. We're going to go through a lot of difficult things. But when we look into that and compare that to what we're going to have when we're in heaven with our Father when we're home, it's not even worth comparing. That glory that will be revealed isn't even in the same ballpark as what we're experiencing in this life. So that's just some encouragement to look into when we're dealing with some difficult things. Okay, let's start here with the Buccaneers and the Bills game. So this game, there was a um, couple things for the Buccaneers that I looked at. First, Baker Mayfield does his best, man. He plays really hard. He doesn't, he just doesn't seem like he's had the best situation his whole career. Even here with the Buccaneers, he's got some good playmakers, but it's just offensive line is bad. Defense is just about fine, but not great. Kind of feel bad for him. But he got the ball to Chris Godwin. He actually scored a touchdown for once. Um, he should have had two. That Hail Mary, if he just turns around, he would have caught that. Um, but the biggest thing is Rashad White. He is involved in the passing game, and I love that. You can trust him as a solid RB2 going forward. His rushing efficiency isn't the best, but he is still the guy. And for the Bills, what I noticed here was, one, Dalton Kincaid. Yes, he has arrived. With the injury of Dawson Knox, he is their guy, and they ran a lot of 11 personnel, which basically what that is three wide receivers one tight end one running back before they were running 12 personnel which is two wide receivers two tight ends and a running back but with the injury to Dawson Knox they had to run um, 11 personnel so Gabe Davis got a lot of um, a lot of targets a lot of catches this game he actually got more yards and more points than Stephon Dix Stephon Dix was kind of quiet for the first half of the game but what's really interesting is their slot receiver, Shakir, he got a lot of looks. He was targeted early and often. Let's see how many how many catches he had. He had six catches for 92 yards. That's usable in fantasy football. Um, it's not fantastic, but if he's going to get that kind of volume, he's going to get in the end zone eventually. So he might be somebody to look into. Josh Allen looked great. He had that one bad interception, but I think we can expect one turnover from Josh Allen basically every game, which is not ideal, but, you know, that's what we're going to expect. Okay, now for the Sunday games. We're going to start here with the Rams and the Cowboys. For the Rams, the interesting thing here is their running back room, while Williams is at, while um, Kyron Williams is dealing with his ankle injury, they almost had a 50-50 split last week, and I kind of think that's how it's going to go going forward. But of the two, um, Daryl Henderson looks like he is their favorite. He got a little bit more touches than Royce Freeman last week, but they ended up with the same amount of yards. Henderson had the touchdown, though. 
and I think they do trust him more in pass pro. He's been with them for a long time. Um, coaching staff knows him really well. So I would say he's like a 1A to Royce Freeman's 1B. But neither one of them are must-starts. They're more kind of flex plays. And for the Cowboys, um, can they get the running game going? Tony Pollard has got all the volume, basically, but it hasn't really turned into a whole lot. He might be an interesting buy low-ish kind of guy. You're not going to get him for cheap. But with his production being kind of low so far this year, you might be able to get him as cheap as he can come. Um, but I, I do believe he will get going soon. And then for the Vikings and Packers game, um, on the Vikings side, Jordan Addison looks like a thing. He looked great last Monday night against the 49ers. And he really should have had more touchdowns. Kirk Cousin missed him once in the back of the end zone just by like a foot. Addison has hand, his hand touched the ball. He didn't have his hands on the ball, but it touched like the tip of the ball. He just couldn't reel it in. So he could have had a three-touchdown night. And their backfield is looking like it's going to be more of a split now. Madison hasn't really been that efficient. He's been getting volume, not on Monday. It was Akers and Madison. I kind of think that's how it's going to be going forward, but we'll see. And for the Packers, is Jordan Love any good? I don't know. I kind of don't think he is. Um, he's still, him himself, fantasy-wise, he's still going to produce because of his rushing. He provides a solid floor there, but he's not going to really have a lot in the passing game unless he can get things together soon. He just hasn't looked good, and that's going to hurt his pass catchers. Watson's been injured, been very inconsistent. Dobbs has been okay, but not great. Their rookie, Reed, has made some plays, but he hasn't done enough to be startable. So if Jordan Love has continued to be eh, then those pass catchers might not be startable. Uh, it's really hard to say. Um, you drafted Kristen Watson probably higher than you can bench him unless you pick someone up like Apuka Nakua. So if you have to start him, maybe, but I don't feel comfortable with it. And then the next game we have is the Falcons at the Titans. For the Falcons, the story here is fairly straightforward. What happened to Bijan? What, what was Arthur Smith doing? That was just so, so weird. And so kind of frustrating too, because nobody knew what was going on. He had a headache, he wasn't feeling good. I couldn't understand. You don't want to be getting hit hard, um, possibly in the head area when you have a bad headache, but they should have at least said something. They didn't, so Bijan didn't really play much last week, but I think he's, fantasy football is kind of a weird thing where you think you figure something out and then the opposite happens. I have a feeling, I could be way off on this, but I have a feeling that Bijan is going to get a lot of touches this game because we're thinking that we know what Arthur Smith is going to do, that he's going to limit him, he's going to split the carries with the other guys, with Algier. Watch this be a 25-touch Bijan Robinson game. I, I don't expect that to happen, but I, I have a feeling that Bijan is going to be um, the focal point of their offense this game. And um, I feel so confident in that I put him in my DFS lineup. We'll see how that turns out. It's Arthur Smith. You can't trust him. But he's coaching his team. They're winning games. I think they're in first place in their division right now, which is kind of crazy. So 
He's doing what he needs to do. And for the Titans, um, it's going to be their backup quarterbacks. It's going to be Will Levis and Malik Willis. And it sounds like they're both going to play, which is strange. But the main thing I'm looking at here, I think I mentioned this last week, if the Titans lose this game, which I kind of would pick them to lose, I kind of would expect them to lose, especially with their backups. They could be strong sellers. They already traded their safety to the Eagles. And um, there's a lot of rumblings that Derrick Henry could be moved. He's in the last year of his contract. That's the prime time to move these guys. Even Tannehill could be moved. He's in the last year of his as well. So if Henry gets traded, it's going to be Tajay Spears. I mentioned this last week. Go pick him up. If he's available, go pick him up. Just stash him on your bench. It could be nothing. Henry could play out the year. It very well could happen. Or he could get traded. If he gets traded, Tajay Spears has shown that he can play this game. He could be somebody to look at um, for their offense if Henry isn't there anymore. So make sure to pick him up. He's at least worth a bench stash. The next we have the Saints and the Colts. For the Saints, Kamara is getting so much looks out of the backfield. Um, in the passing game, he's getting so many targets. He's not really rushing the ball very efficiently, but if he's getting 12 catches a game like last week, he is like a top five running back. It's insane. But I'm kind of worried about Derek Carr. He hasn't looked all that great. He's not moving the ball downfield very well. It's all dump-offs to Kamara, and that could work to an extent, but you're not going to win games that way. you got to move it downfield. So I believe they are going to be behind the scenes working on things in the passing game, especially the deep passing game, to get the ball to Olave. If you can offer um, a low ball offer to the Chris Olave manager because they're frustrated, I would try it. I would try to get Chris Olave because I do believe in the talent. I do believe that they will get things going again very soon, and you don't want to be too late on that. If you can get Chris Olave for cheap, I would do that. And for the Colts, Josh Downs looks good. He's been a um, key wave wire ad the past couple weeks, and he has looked really, really good. He could be a legit player this week because Michael Pittman is going to be on the outside. The Saints corners on the outside with Marshawn Lattimore, they play very well. It's difficult for receivers to really get going there, but the slot is where the Saints are weak, and that's where Downs plays. So he could be a key DFS player this week. Again, I put him in my lineup. I trust that he's going to get a lot of PPR points, lots of little Little short dink and dunk catches, but those count. Those count add up yards. He could be somebody to look into, especially if he's free in the wave wire. Go pick him up. The next, we have the Patriots and the Dolphins. For the Patriots, they actually got a really key win last week to give them two wins on the season. Um, but this isn't their, their year. They know that. I don't know if they're going to be sellers at the trade deadline. They're, they're probably going to lose this game, go 2-6, and six, so their season's done, but I don't know. I don't know really if, have, if they really have anybody to trade, um, but what I'm looking at fantasy-wise is Kendrick Bourne. He's actually been usable. He's been getting a lot of targets, a lot of catches, scored in a few games. He's been getting double-digit fantasy points pretty consistently, so if he's available, I'd go pick him up. He's a good flex wide receiver two option, um, and... You, he needs to be on every roster. I picked him up again in DFS. I, I believe in the talent, and they're going to have to throw the ball this week. 
to keep up with the Dolphins. The Patriots have a great defense, great scheme, but the Dolphins are just so good offensively. I don't expect them to only put up 17 points like they did last week. And then for the Dolphins, um, Tyreek Hill had a little bit of an injury scare, but he looks fine. The main thing I'm looking at is their running back room. Mostert also had a little injury, so I think, um, and this is unfortunate because I have a lot of Mostert shares and I'm kind of nervous, but I think Jeff Wilson Jr. is going to get more attention. He's going to get more run. He's going to get more carries, more touches. We're just going to eat away out of Mostert's hands. Mostert still is a top 10, 15 play for sure. Patriots have a good defense. But um, I think Jeff Wilson's going to get enough touches that's going to be kind of annoying um, for the Mostert manager. And Jeff Wilson might even score the touchdown because they like him. They want to use him. And it's going to be unfortunate for most managers. Um, if you want to trade him, I would say look for something legit because A-Chan's coming back soon in a couple weeks, I think. Jeff Wilson's getting back running. It's no longer going to be just the Mostert show. And the next game we have is the Jets and the Giants, the battle of the New York teams. For the Jets, what I'm looking at here is can Zach Wilson move the ball? He's, he's had kind of spurts where he looked good and then spurts where he's looked awful. Where is he at? Is he somewhere in the middle? Is he going to get things going? Is he going to get better? Is he going to improve? I really hope so for our Garrett Wilson shares because Garrett Wilson's been usable, but not what we drafted him to be. We drafted him, drafted him at the beginning of the second round in that area, and he has not panned out mainly because of their quarterback injury, which, I mean, it's going to expect when you lose your starting quarterback, but still, we need Zach Wilson to play a little bit more consistent, a little bit better. That way, Garrett Wilson can be that wide receiver one we drafted him as. Instead, right now, he's more of a wide receiver two, at worst, flex play, so he's still startable, but we want more. And then for the Giants, Tyrod Taylor is going to play, which is actually good for us Darren Waller managers because he looks, he actually looks for Darren Waller. Who would have thought this really huge athletic tight end, maybe we should get him the ball. Blows my mind. Tyrod Taylor knows what to do. He gets him the ball. Waller looked great last week, got in the end zone. Um, the Jets have great corners, but Darren Waller is too big for those corners, so I think he's going to get a lot of looks. I think he's going to get a good amount of catches, maybe even score again. The Giants have to get going. This is a must-win for them. If they lose, they're done for the year as well. They'll be 2-6. and six. The next up, we have a pretty good game here. Jaguars and Steelers. For the Jaguars, where is Calvin Ridley? Is he truly going to be a player that only shines when Zay Jones is healthy? Because um, when Zay Jones has been out of the game... It's been all Christian Kirk. I don't know if that's a real thing, or just a coincidence, but that's what it's been. Um, other than the one game the Jaguars played against the Colts, that's the game that um, Calvin Ridley actually scores well is against the Colts. That could be the other thing. I don't know. But where is Calvin Ridley? I, I was a little bit nervous going into draft season because we hadn't seen him, so I didn't draft him in my leagues. Um, I didn't you know, turn my head sideways to anyone that drafted him in the higher rounds you know third or fourth round fine i mean if that's what you believe in i i just looked elsewhere the way my strategy went and Calvin ridley man managers have been very frustrated and i feel your pain um i don't know where he's been at they need they need to figure something out 
He's just been MIA. It's been all Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram some, and Travis Etienne. And for the Steelers, it's good to see Deontay Johnson back out there, but he got a little hurt during practice again. I don't know if he's going to play. I think he will, but he might not be 100%. So it's going to be the George Pickens show again. And the Jaguars secondary isn't the best. They're fine, but that's the weak point of their defense is in their secondary. That's where you need to target them. So I think Pickens could have another big game here, especially with Friermuth still in IR. The next up, we have the Eagles and the Commanders. For the Eagles, again, where has Devontae Smith been? I, we all drafted him pretty high, you know, second, third round in there. And to start the year, he played really well. But lately, he's only been getting five targets, six targets, you know, four catches, five catches, 50 yards, 40 yards, you know. It's fine. Maybe a flex play, but that's not where we drafted him. And he's much better than that. I think that he is going to be um, talking to the coaches, talking to Jalen Hurts, say, hey, I really want the ball. He's not a big vocal guy. He's not going to yell and complain, kind of like A.G. Brown did after the, after the Vikings game. But um, I believe he will be in the office and say, hey, you know, I really think I need to get the ball more. And I think he will. He is too good not to get targets. He had a couple big drops in a couple games. I know that hurts. But I think he's going to get going. It might even be this game. And then for the Commanders, it looks like that they started to target Terry McLaurin again. Sam Howell needs to get rid of the ball faster. He's the highest sack quarterback in the league. He's on pace to shatter the records. I can't sustain or he's not going to finish the year. Um, but I think he's been he's been getting the ball to the right guys. So Terry McLaurin, and Terry McLaurin against the Eagles, he usually crushes them. So he's someone to look at and to put in your starting lineup this week. Um, it, I don't know what it is, but every time he goes up against Darius Slay, he just decides to play his best game. Just look at the numbers the past few games they played. So that's what I'm looking at with the commanders is Sam Howell moving the ball to the right guys, not spreading it out, but getting it to McLaurin, getting it to Dotson, getting it to Thomas. And it's a known thing. You can start your tight ends against the Eagles. So if you have Logan Thomas, you should feel okay. Next up, we have the battle of the number one and number two pick, Texans and Panthers. For the Texans, I'm looking at their running back room. Is this going to be a split or is this going to be the Singletary show? Because signs point to Devin Singletary getting more snaps, getting more run, taking over this backfield a little bit from Pierce. Pierce is a much better player, but he just hasn't performed well. His efficiency has been awful. I don't know what that is. The offensive line's getting healthier. They're looking good. Their offense is pretty decent all around. CJ Strouds looks great. But Damien Pierce just has not. And that's kind of concerning. And for the Panthers, Adam Thielen, I think this is legit. He had a bad week one, and then against Minnesota, he had kind of a down week. But other than those two, he's been incredible. I think this is a legit thing. I think he's going to continue to be the guy, the old man Thielen, just getting so many catches, scoring every now and again. He's, I think he's like top five overall receiver. He said, I know he's top 10, but I think he's around top five, which is amazing. So if you picked him up late in your draft or off free agency, you're loving every minute of it. Next up, we have the Browns and the Seahawks. Another sneaky good game. For the Browns, what's going on with Jerome Ford? It looked like he got hurt enough to miss one or two weeks. That was the diagnosis, but he's 
been practicing. He's been running in the drills. Now he's just questionable. It looks like he might play. If he plays, I don't think he's going to get a full workload. They're going to ease him in. It'll be actually probably all three guys, him, Kareem Hunt, and Pierre Strong. And if that's the case, you really don't like starting any of them if it's going to be a three-headed backfield. But um, if Jerome Ford is out, then Kareem Hunt and Pierre Strong are solid flex plays. They'll get enough touches between them to have the volume where one of them might get in the end zone. And then for the Seahawks, we got a little scared with Kenneth Walker. He wasn't practicing the first couple days, but sounds like he's fine. I would still have Zach Charbonnet on your bench just in case going forward because he's been injury prone. But the big thing was JSN looked good last week. He's actually looked better than Tyler Lockett, which is kind of concerning for Tyler Lockett managers. But um, Jason looked great. He might start getting more and more run. They might go 11 personnel and have JSN out there with one tight end with run running back. And he might actually, I'm not going to say it yet, but he might actually be their guy over Tyler Lockett. It could be DK and JSN. Not saying it yet, but that could be what they're looking going for. Ty Lockett's getting a little older, and he hasn't really performed so far this year. Next game we have, we have a lot of games this week. There's no teams on by. That's wonderful. Next game, we have the Chiefs and the Broncos. And for the Chiefs, it looks like they're back. Patrick Mahomes looked amazing last week. I think he had over 400 yards passing. He moved the ball around. Kelsey looked unstoppable like he always does. Um, but Mahomes got the ball to his receivers, not just Kelsey, not just the running backs, but to his receivers. And it was amazing to see Rasheed Rice is a thing. I don't know if he's still available, but if he is, you need him on your team, especially with, um, I believe Justin Ross had a little issues with the law and now he's on the exempt list. So he's not going to play anymore. So that's one less pass catcher in that room. Rasheed Rice is that number one receiver. He's their guy. He's not going to get 10, 12 targets a game. That's always going to be Kelsey, but he'll be in that six to eight target range, which is plenty in this offense to be a solid flex or even wide receiver to play. And then for the Broncos, they've been an interesting team. Their running back room, they've been kind of splitting it with Javante Williams. He actually looks like he's getting better. And they split it with Jaleel McLaughlin. Even Smudgy Piran's getting a little run. But um, they're probably going to lose this game, so they might be sellers. Um, they might be trading either Corlar Sutton or Jerry Judy. It's difficult because their contracts are kind of crazy. But if I was um, looking at this team, I would pick up Marvin Mims just in case that they do trade one of those receivers and Marvin Mims ends up being the raw receiver too. He's looked great when he got the ball. But he hasn't caught the ball enough. He might That might change here soon, so I'd pick him up. The Broncos have been a weird team this year. They've moved the ball decently. They've scored a little bit, but they haven't looked great. So if you have one of their offensive pieces, you feel okay. But I would look into getting Marvin Mims just in case they do move one of those receivers. All right, the next game we have is the Ravens and the Cardinals. For the Ravens, Lamar Jackson looked good last week against the Lions. That was a crazy game. No one expected that. But he moved the ball really well. Say Flowers is the guy. I think you can trust three guys in this offense going forward. Lamar Jackson, Zay Flowers, and Mark Andrews. 
their running backs are okay. You might use maybe Gus Edwards as a flex if you need to. RB2 at most. He looked good last week, but he has to get in the end zone to pay off. The other receivers, he just, Odell, I don't think he's Odell anymore, and Pavin's just there. So I think those are the only three guys you can trust, but you can trust them with a capital T. They looked great. And for the Cardinals, the storyline here is Kyler Murray looks like he's going to play eventually. He's not going to be in this week. He's going to be not playing yet, but next week could be his first week back. And he's available in a ton of leagues. You need to go check if he's there. Pick him up. Maybe just a bench stash. Put him in your IR because he's going to be out again. Even if you have one of the top quarterbacks, you say, oh, I have Jalen Hurts. I don't need him. Pick him up anyway because there's going to be a manager out there that does not have a quarterback. And if you pick up Kyler Murray and he actually plays close enough to Kyler Murray's potential, you have a huge trade asset. Or you could even trade Jalen Hurts for a amazing RB1 or wide receiver one that you need and then you can play Kyler Murray as your quarterback. Of course not as good as Hurts but in the end you get value in your running back or wide receiver room when you trade Hurts for that so you need to pick him up no matter what you have on your roster. I've been looking at it. He's available in a couple of leagues I'm in. Not all of them but there's a few leagues he's available and I'm going to be picking him up as soon as I can. And the next we have the Bengals and the 49ers. For the Bengals, Joe Burrow's looking healthier. He, he had his bye week. I think the Bengals are going to get out and get out running fast. I think they're going to be back now. I could be wrong. They've looked kind of ugh, this this year so far. But I think that has a lot to do with that injury for Burrow. He hasn't been himself. He hasn't been healthy. He's been a little, little just a little bad, honestly. He hasn't pushed the ball downfield much at all. It's been lots of dink and dunk. Get five yards here, seven yards there. That's not their offense. Their offense has pushed the ball downfield to Jamar Chase and T. Higgins with accurate balls where they can just jump up, grab it, and then yards after the catch. Lots of lots of yak. This year it hasn't been that. It's been very short stuff, but I know they're going against the 49ers. They have a good defense, but do they? They have a great front four to front seven, but their secondary is not great. Look what the Minnesota Vikings did on Monday. Zero sacks, tons of yards on offense, over 400 yards of offense, and they should have scored more than 22 points. But I think the the Bengals are going to be back this week. They might not win the game. It'll be a good game, but um, you can trust Joe Burrow in those pass catchers this week. Maybe not so much Mixon. He's been kind of bad. But I think Joe Burrow is going to be back, and this offense is going to take off. And for the 49ers, Debo's going to be out again, I believe. McCaffrey is amazing, but who's going to be starting at quarterback? Brock Purdy is in the concussion protocol. I believe he's going to miss this game because it's very rare for someone to come back the same week that they started in the protocol. So I think it's going to be the same Darnold show, and honestly, I don't think that's much of a drop-off. I think they're very close in production so i feel fine about starting kittle and Ayuk, and that the 49ers can move the ball the Bengals defense is fine it's not bad but it's not great so i don't think you should be worried if sam darnold's is a starter um he might even be a decent streamer this week if you need him but you probably don't because there's no teams on by the next we have the sunday night game bears and the chargers for the bears it looks like roshan johnson is back 
He's finally back from concussion. That looked that was kind of scary. He missed like two to three weeks, but he is back. So it's going to be him. It's going to be Foreman with Travis Homer as their third down guy. But both Johnson and Foreman are going to get a lot of touches. They're going to share the backfield. So they're both kind of flex plays. Foreman scored three touchdowns last week. That was amazing if you started him. Um, but don't expect much this week. He might fall in the end zone. The Chargers defense isn't great. But I don't believe that the Bears are going to be in positive game script much. I, I do believe that they're going to be down by a little bit. So they will have to pass the ball. And if they do that, Foreman's probably not on the field. It's going to be more Homer, sometimes Johnson. So if I had to start either one of those guys between Foreman and Roshan Johnson, I'm probably leading Johnson just because he's a little bit more capable in the passing game. And for the Chargers, what happened to Austin Eckler? He, I know he's um, just come back from his injury, but two weeks in a row, he's had major duds. I think they're going to make a focal point this week to get him going because they need to. Keenan Allen's going to get his. He's amazing. Um, Josh Palmer's going to get his. He's really good. They're still getting Quinton Johnston up and running. But I think they're going to have a focal point. Let's get Austin Eckler going because they need to. They're 2-4. and four. If they lose this game, their season's done. I think they're going to win, but it's going to be tougher than they think. Um, and they need to get Eckler going. That's their guy. It just has to happen. Then the last game on the slate, Monday Night Football, Raiders and Lions. For the Raiders, finally looks like Jimmy G is going to play, and that means their offense is going to get going now. They won't have their backup quarterbacks looking awful. I think that this game might actually be more competitive than people think. Everyone's picking the Lions. I'm picking the Lions as well. I think they'll win. But I think this could be a one-score game, maybe like a four- or five-point win for the Lions. It's going to be close. Because the Raiders are—they're not necessarily in a desperation mode, but they need to get going. They're three and four; they're okay, but they really need to get their offense moving. And I think Devontae Adams is going to be the focal point of that. He made a big—he uh, made a lot of noise a couple weeks ago about he wants to win and he believes in order to win he has to get the ball more, which is completely correct. So expect him to get a lot of targets. Myers is still going to get a lot of targets as well. And another big thing I'm looking at is um, their tight end mayor. He is he is really good. He didn't get much last week, but before that, they started to slowly ramp him up. And I think with Jimmy G back, he's going to get more targets. I think it's going to be those three guys, Mayer, Adams, and Myers. Those are going to be the three main guys in that offense, and I think they're going to have enough to get them all three the ball, have all three of them usable in fantasy. And for the Lions, it's going to be the Jameer Gibbs show again. They haven't rolled out Montgomery, but I don't think he's going to play Monday night. I think it's going to be Gibbs. And as he's shown the two weeks where Montgomery's missed so far this year, he is the guy when Montgomery's out. Week one, he had 18 carries. Not week one, but the first week Montgomery was out, he had 18 carries. And last week, he had a lot of carries and he had a lot of targets out of the backfield. He finally had a huge game. And I think that continues in this game. I think he's going to be a solid top 10 running back, maybe even sneak into the top five. All right. Well, that was the week eight slate. Now it's time to get real. And this week, we're going to talk about worship. 
Last week we discussed how prayer is important, that we have access to the Lord of the universe. We can just talk to him anytime you want. Now we're going to talk about worship because God deserves our worship. For I mean, he created us to start with and he sent his son to die for us. And all he asks back is us to give him glory, to worship him, to love him, to have a relationship with him. And that's the least we can do. Worship is so important. Um, I have a few scriptures here. Um, John 4, 24. God is, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And basically what that means is um, it's a balance. You can't, it's not good to just worship him in truth, just focusing on the truth of scripture, but not put your heart into it, not have spirit. I consider the spirit as heart, putting your emotion, putting your heart into it. And it's also not good to just put heart into it and not really realize what you're worship, how you're worshiping. If you're saying the wrong things or um, doing the wrong things and not having it in truth. So it's a, it's a balance you must have. You must worship in spirit and truth. In Psalm 156, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We need to praise him, even in difficult times. Our worship can be a weapon. Um, I know that in my most difficult times, in order to just keep going, honestly, during the times when my wife's my wife left me, took the boys away, um, and I was alone in um, our trailer house, or I was back home with my parents alone, the only thing I had was worship. And that caught me through so much because when you truly worship the Lord, focus on worshiping him, nothing else really matters, honestly, because you are praising the God of the universe that created everything, that sacrificed everything for you. And at that moment, nothing else matters. And it kind of is an emotional healing in a way where you're just singing to him with everything you have. Nothing else matters, nothing around you. And um, you're focusing on him and his love. And all your problems, they don't necessarily go away, but they don't matter as much because you're focusing on God. So I just want to encourage everyone, get back to the true aspect of worship, singing praises to him, praying to him. There's lots of avenues of worship. Reading the Bible is worship. Whenever you're focusing on God, giving your attention to him, praising his name, and whatever you do, even going to work, can be a manner of worship. Um, whenever you're focused on God, giving him the glory and the praise, you're worshiping him. I just want to encourage everyone, get back to just the discipline and the fundamental core of worship. Focus on him. Give him the glory. Give him the praise. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining me this week um, with the Week 8 Slate. Um, if you have any questions, you can go to the website, fansfootballcu.com. I'm happy to answer any questions you might have on our forum page. You can um, have any prayer requests that you have, submit those on there. I'd be happy to pray for you. Or you can also go into our courses, lots of training on fantasy football. You can join our community where um, you can 
basically ask any question you want. I have weekly content on there, some DFS videos you can review if you're interested in that. And I love to kind of meet up with you guys. I can schedule weekly webinars where we just discuss fantasy, discuss anything you want. Um, so check it out. Thank you guys so much for joining in. We'll see you next week. God bless you.